How's it going, sports fans, betters, and cappers? And welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 210. And this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. All NFL here today with a little bit of Euro sprinkled in later on. But as always, before we get into today's episode, here's a word from our sponsor. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. We are at the end of week one of the NFL season. We had some college football happening this weekend as well, but it all started on Thursday night. Clean sweep 2-0 is how our wagers went on the day. Netherlands and Greece over two and a half cashes. Kansas City team total under 29 and a half hits as well. We'll talk more about the Lions upsetting them in the opener in just a little bit. Now, Saturday, we went one and three overall on the college football slate. Shout out to Ole Miss for giving us our lone winner. A late defensive touchdown really saves our bacon. And then East Carolina blows it. Virginia Tech can't win at home. And Vanderbilt is unable to cover on the road. Now, Sunday-wise, we went 500 but our big cash of the day was Tampa Bay Moneyline, which was great. Chargers fins go over as well. Denver and Seattle disappoint at home. Again, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But let's start with how the NFL season started, which was Lions stunning the Chiefs on Thursday night football, 21-20. A lot of people blaming Kadarius Toney. A lot of people blaming Travis Kelsey for not being there. A lot of people blaming Chris Jones for sitting in a box instead of being on the field. But let's give a little bit of credit to the Lions here. They were able to win, albeit a gross Thursday night football game to open the season, when a lot of people counted them out. We weren't one of those people. We were in on the Lions' money line for the game as well. But it's a tough start to the year for the Chiefs. They are still contenders in the AFC. Let's not panic after just one week. I would be surprised if we didn't see Travis Kelsey week two with that knee issue keeping him out in the opener. And I just think that the Lions are a very talented football team. And after what we saw from the rest of the NFC North, might be just them and the Packers that are contending for the division title this year. Now, let's start with some of our winners for week one on Sunday. The NFC favorites, how are they not considered to be winners? Because when you look at the betting odds at the start of the year, you had Philadelphia with the best odds to win the NFC. On Tom's day, no less, they jump out to a 16-0 lead. They let New England back in the game, but are still able to find a way to pull it out. Hertz was fine. The late fumble that nearly cost them the game 
was definitely puzzling to say the least. As was Kenneth Gainwell getting the majority of the carries. They did go out. They added Rashad Penny, healthy scratch before the game. DeAndre Swift barely touched the football. So we get Kenneth Gainwell getting the majority of those carries. And New England, they played well in this game. They're going to play a lot of teams tight this year. I don't think that they're going to win a lot of football games, but I do think that they are going to be a team that covers on a consistent basis, especially at home. Mac Jones, very solid as well. 316 passing yards to go along with three touchdowns. He may have a strong season, but they are in the toughest division in football. Now, talking of other NFC favorites, second best odds with San Francisco. And they put on the dominant display in the early window. From the jump, they just handled business. Pittsburgh was never in this game. Brandon Ayuk has a couple scores. Christian McCaffrey busts a big run. Some plays here and there from Debo and Kittle. That's what this offense is going to look like this year. But Brock Purdy looked poised versus a tough Pittsburgh front. TJ Watt had a big day with three sacks, but he still found a way to be very productive, unlike his counterpart, Kenny Pickett, because he struggled all day long. Two picks. Najee Harris couldn't get it going on the ground either. Tough day for Pittsburgh, a team. Bit of a trendy pick to potentially make it in the AFC playoff race. That's not how you want to start the season, and I know Tomlin's going to have them ready for week two. And then the third favorite in the NFC, my Dallas Cowboys. Absolute blowout over the Giants in the opener. Special team score. INT returned for a touchdown. Tony Pollard with a couple scores. Just overall a bad night for the Giants. They fell behind early. Dayball did not appear to have them ready for that game. Daniel Jones, just 104 passing yards. No touchdowns. Two INTs gave up seven sacks in that game as well. Saquon struggled. Waller struggled. Not going to overreact too much, though. I still think the Giants are going to be fine, especially in the NFC. But if we're talking about the big winners from week one, the Miami Dolphins. Boy, Miami gave a lot of people something to think about on the future bat market. Because that 36-34 win, not only was it the game of Sunday Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns, two of 466 passing yards. Waddle getting involved with 78 receiving yards. So long as Tua plays, this can be a very good team in the AFC. Now, the defense wasn't great. They went out, they added Vic Fangio. He had a bad first week. That Chargers offense is dangerous. We did see Mike Williams go down. Prayers to him, hope that he's going to be all right. Herbert wasn't his best but they're going to need some help here. Guys like Quentin Johnson, guys like Josh Palmer, Parham, they need to step up in Williams' absence along with Keenan Allen. This was a fun game to watch. They are going to be in quite a few shootouts this year. I think both teams are going to be, quite frankly, with all the weapons that they have, but definitely the exciting game from Sunday. And if you're an Arizona Cardinals' worst record better, you got to be absolutely thrilled because – Boy, did Washington give you a chance to win that football game and absolutely bungled it. 21 of 30 for Josh Dobbs for only 132 passing yards. Defense gets six sacks. They win the turnover battle three to two, and they still couldn't pull out a win. Sam Howell, shout out to him. He gets a win. He's on my dynasty roster. I'm fired up about it. But that new ownership group gets their first victory in Washington. He looked serviceable. And look, I don't think either team's going to be great. But when you see the Rams win, you see Washington win, you see Tampa win, 
you're sitting on that Arizona worst record ticket. You got to be pretty fired up with what you saw out of that team. And if Kyler Murray doesn't come back, this is going to get ugly very quickly for Arizona. Now, what week one also brings us is rookie QBs and their first starts. So let's grade them. Let's start with CJ Stroud. Now, I think it's about as good of a performance as you can expect from Stroud for a few reasons. You go on the road, you're taking on John Harbaugh and the Ravens, proven team, not the best weapons in Houston. Nico Collins, shout out to him, he had a big day. But when you're looking at Collins, you're looking at Dalton Schultz, you're looking at Damian Pierce, not exactly the cream of the crop when it comes to skill positions. And Stroud was just all right. He threw for over 200 yards. He took care of the football. Nine points isn't going to get it done in the NFL. He knows that. He knows that being from Ohio State. So I give him a B minus. I think he was fine. I think that's about what you could expect from that game. When you're a nine and a half point dog on the road, we're not expecting a lot from you. And he did enough to keep them in the football game and didn't lose it for him. They were just unable to cash in on some opportunities. Now, the number one pick was Bryce Young. And for me, he disappointed a bit. Only 146 passing yards. Wasn't exactly slinging it in this divisional game against Atlanta. Again, a tough spot, though. You're going on the road, putting up 10 points. He knows that's not going to get it done coming from Bama. And those two interceptions were pretty avoidable. A couple of bad reads. I'm not going to drag Bryce Young. It's one start. He's a rookie. He is a bit undersized. That's what we heard coming out of the draft. But I'd say that he gets the worst grade of the day. And that's just strictly due to his counterparts being a bit better. He still gets a C plus. He's still fine moving forward. But Carolina, they need to get him a little bit more help than Adam Thielen and Marshall if he's going to be successful with the Panthers. And then Anthony Richardson, I would say he was the best rookie of the day. All three of these guys have losses, but he put up 21 on the best team in the division in the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were in that game until the final quarter, final minutes of the fourth even. And home game obviously helps. He threw for 223. He threw for a touchdown. He had a rushing score. Looked very dynamic. Looked like exactly as advertised coming out of Florida. No Jonathan Taylor hurts them on offense. We knew that coming into the year. But that will be life in Indy at the end of the day. He's going to have to adjust. He's going to need to get guys like Deion Jackson involved. Michael Pittman got in the end zone. That's huge for fantasy owners. And I just think that this is a very good quarterback. I'm going to give him an A- minus on the day. I don't know what more we could have expected outside of a victory. And so I think Richardson definitely had the best rookie performance of the day. But what's also exciting about week one of the NFL season is the overreactions. Because we already mentioned the Giants. They get blown out 40 to nothing. Now apparently they're like a six or seven win football team if you listen to what social media is telling you. But I want to talk about four teams. And we're going to start with the Giants. I mean, they looked worse than Arizona. They looked worse than Pittsburgh. Hell, they even looked worse than the Chicago Bears. All-time performance by Dallas on the opening day. But this Giants team is going to be just fine. And sometimes you just don't have your best. Sometimes you don't even have your average. I still think that this is the sixth seed in the NFC this year. I think the East has three teams. They're the third team, obviously, out of those three. But on the back foot, these things happen. I think that they can make the playoffs. So I'm not going to overreact too crazy to the Giants just because they looked like hot garbage. Now we got to go to Green Bay next. Because you would think that Green Bay beat the 85 Bears, not this Bears team. And the way that we are praising Jordan Love, 
it is like they have Aaron Rodgers 2.0. They're about to have another 15 years of historic quarterback play, multiple Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, all that, because he put up 245 and three touchdowns on the worst defense in football. Now, I'm not going to act like a couple of screen passes to Aaron Jones blew me away, because Aaron Jones, he's a phenomenal running back. Again, they're playing the worst defense in football. You get credit for going in on the road and winning that game. All the trendy betters had Chicago to win the division at plus 400. But I want to see what happens next week. I want to see that Atlanta game. We're talking about a couple fringe playoff teams in the NFC. I have no issue changing my tune on Jordan Love. I said it before the season started. I don't think that he's all that. And I'll say hand up if I'm wrong. But I want to see you go into Atlanta week two. You perform like that once again. Maybe I'll change my tune. But until you're 2-0, I'm just not going to crown you as the next great thing for the Packers. Pittsburgh. We mentioned them a little bit earlier. Many thought that they matched up well. This was a game, they're only plus 2.5 against San Fran, who went to the NFC Championship. But they looked like the worst team in the division on the day. And that was with Joe Burrow throwing for under 100 passing yards. The O-line is bad, although I do think that they can bounce back. They are going up against a top three defensive line. I think they're the worst team in the division. I think Cleveland showed that Deshaun Watson's back playing at an elite level. That means you have the worst quarterback in the division. And you're going to be leaning on TJ Watt to try and win you some football games. Najee Harris isn't going to do it in the run game. George Pickens will have some great plays. Deontay Johnson will have some good weeks. But I think when we look at this team, all facets of the offense have to be better. The schedule is not going to get any easier for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And right now, they look like the worst team in the division. Is this the first year that Mike Tomlin goes under 500? And then the final one, the LA Rams. Team that I just a week ago said had the potential to be the worst team in football at plus 1,000 over on Into the Lab podcast. But I think that after what I saw week one, we may be looking at the seventh seed in the NFC. On the road, they go into Seattle. No Cooper Cup. Everyone counting them out. They traded Jalen Ramsey. They really only have Aaron Donald left on defense. And you embarrass Seattle in their own building. Now, Stafford's the second best quarterback in the conference when healthy. Make no mistake about it, Jalen Hurts, I'll give you number one. He was almost the MVP last year. But I think that we're talking about the second best quarterback in the NFC in Matthew Stafford. He's the only one that's got a ring. He's not throwing interceptions like Dak. He's winning big games and performing well, unlike guys like Kirk Cousins come playoff time. That defense is not going to be great, but do I believe that when you have an elite quarterback in a conference that you have a chance at the playoffs? I do, and so I'm going with the Rams to be the seven seed in the NFC this year. Now, let's shift gears. Let's head over to the other kind of football, the one played with your feet, and we're going to take a look at the daily game slate for Tuesday. There's nine games happening today in Euros. There's even some action happening in South America. Not as comfortable watching the South American games, so we're going to stay away from it. But that also doesn't mean that I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to give you nine picks for Euro today. So let's talk about the games to avoid. Let's start with Romania and Kosovo. I couldn't tell you where either one of these countries are. Romania is the favorite. I think they should be. They sound like a better nation, but I'm just not willing to bet it. Israel and Belarus, I couldn't tell you a single player on either of these teams. 
Israel, they're the favorites at home. But do I have faith in betting this game? Heck no, I don't. So I'm staying away. Switzerland and Andorra. I like the Swiss, but at minus 3,500, I don't know how you bet this game. Your probably just best bet is to go over three and a half. But even at that rate, it's minus 135. You get out to a slow start. Maybe we're nil-nil at halftime. Your bet's dead. You're looking for four goals in the second half. And I don't like the under either. I just think it's a bad spot. Don't go chasing a line like that. You're also not going to go and chase Belgium. Because, I mean, another steep line. You're minus 1,500 on the money line. Belgium's going to be without Kevin De Bruyne. If you're going to put your money on Estonia, then I think that you're crazy. I just think that there's better value to be had out there. Lukaku to score is going to be crazy juiced if he goes. I just don't have an interest in betting this game. Malta and North Macedonia. North Macedonia are minus 160 on the road. But when you fear that you could have a draw, I know that Macedonia just had a great performance recently, but to go in at minus 160, you can't even bet the straight up money line. And I'm not looking at a spread with a nation like that. Spain, the craziest value of the day. They're taking on Cyprus at minus 6,600, one of the worst spreads that I've ever seen footy-wise. Count me out. <laughs> I'm not looking to bet minus 4.5. I'm not going to bet over 4.5 goals. That's what you have to do to get value out of this match. And again, that's just crazy to, to think that you're going to get 5-0, 6-0, 7-0. I get it. Portugal won 9-0 today, but it just takes a slow half or a slow portion of the game, and I just don't love it. Norway and Georgia, Holland to score. It's almost as juiced as Norway. Money line at minus 360. So no thank you on that front. And so with that, we've got two picks for you here to cap off the episode today. Last call pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. But before we go ahead and give you those two plays, let's play the promo video. So Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery's success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their local vodka. They've even got their dill pickle vodka and old-fashioned, my personal favorite. Appreciate them for supporting the show and always support local. So let's give you our two plays for the day. You already know where they're going to be coming from, starting with Italy team total over one and a half at minus 145. They're taking on the Ukrainians here at one unit. Minus 200 on the money line. <laughs> Not looking to bet a minus 200 value, but I still think that there is value to be had here because the Italians, they are coming off a bad draw versus North Macedonia. Ukraine's riding the high of the England result. And I just don't think that you, the Ukrainians are in the same league. And this is a game that the Italians need. If they're going to have a chance at qualifying for the Euro, you have to have a match like this. They're at home. I think they're going to put up a couple on the scoreboard. I think we see 2-0, 3-1, 3-0, something in that range. But either way, I don't see the Italians only potting one. So give me the over team total. And then I also like the Swedes and the Austrians, both teams to score at minus 115. Now, when you go back and look at their previous matchup from a couple months ago, the Swedes dropped it 2-0, only 37% of the possession. Austria had 23 shots in the game, so they absolutely dominated at home. So I'm not worried about the Austrians to score. I think in Solna, they score one, maybe two goals. 
But I also have faith that the Swedes are going to generate some more chances. They need some chances to keep their Euro hopes alive. I think we see two to one or one to one finish. So give me the both teams to score at minus 115. But I really appreciate everyone that listened to the show today. If you didn't see on social media, we're going to be moving to Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday for the NFL season. We want to be able to talk about all the games from the NFL season. We've even seen Aaron Rodgers go down tonight. We're going to talk more about that on Wednesday. But go follow us on social media. We post all of our picks there. Bill's money line tonight. Let's hope that they cash. Check out our sponsors. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.